Hello, darlings. It's Karen Stonecutter here. We lost our amulets that give us our magic powers, so in order to get them back, we went underground where these horrid, ickery creatures called Mimics seemed to be testing us. My test was up first, and since I said my domain was mentorship, the Mimics wanted me to coach my friends into doing things that I could do myself. <laughs> first, they had to cross a ravine. Second, they had to punch down a brick wall. And finally, they had to pull apart Scraps and Azus Diamondheart, just like I did back in the Underdark. Not to worry, I was able to coach them through all of it, and the mimics passed me. Next up, we were about to take Idafa's test, but we seem to have been rudely interrupted by Master Speck, who says he's here to recruit Idafa away from us. No way is he getting his hands on my janitor. Hello everybody and welcome to the Terrible Adventures of the Janison Breffitt's Parchment Company. My name is Penny D. I'm going to be your DM today and I kind of claim to be a bit of a movie buff, but when it comes right down to it, my favorite movie is actually Super Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know like I went to film school and everyone was like, oh, I love this like old like French director and I'm just like, these guys are the actors and the filmmakers. I just think Broken Lizard is really cool and they've got a lot of good movies and Super Troopers is a classic and it will never be a bad movie. So, you know. Every every time it's a good movie and you go, oh, what movie should I watch? Super, it's Super Troopers. Yeah, it's, it's always very good. It's always on the, it's always on the roster. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Um, we didn't decide on the order that we go. So let's let's start with Poppy and go clockwise. Okay. Oh, wow. Hello. I'm Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> I play Art of the Tiefling Rogue. Oh, this is really hard. There's so many films that I could quite easily go back to. But I have to admit, I think Shrek 2 is definitely up there. <laughs> oh my god, you're I so be, right though. It wouldn't be JBPC if someone didn't bring up Shrek. <laughs> well, like, that is one movie that I can almost definitely do word for word. Oh wow. Yep, yep. And like, that set piece at the end with like, the huge gingerbread man and the fairy godmothers singing in the background. It's like, so it's actually good. amazing. I actually want to watch that movie with you. So that you could do all the lines. Oh, God, do you really want that? Yeah. Because I hate when people do that to me. <laughs> I can do that with The Lion King, but I want to hear oh, you really? do it but with yeah, Shrek so 2. So Shrek 2, yeah. I think, would actually be... Like, there's some other contenders, but Shrek 2, I think, is the one. No, Shrek 2 is a great call. My name's Liz, and I play Karen, the Dwarven Barbarian. And uh, the movie I keep coming back to, and it's the one that I most recently watched out of my favourite kind of top five... It's Legally Blonde. Oh, <laughs> oh hell yeah. I Such a good movie. Love Legally Blonde. I just feel so powerful when I watch it. Yeah. And every time I get something new out of it and it's great and there's so many people on the internet who love Legally Blonde and they do like really intelligent breakdowns of Legally Blonde and it, it's it's just a really good movie. Don't bother watching the second one. It's not as good. No, but of course not. No, yeah. The first one's a classic. You can't recapture that lightning you, in a bottle. You, oh God, it's so good. I can't think of a single part of Legally Blonde that isn't instantly iconic. Yeah, and also, exactly. any movie that has Jennifer She was in amazing it. in it. Bonus point. <laughs> it's just such a good movie. <laughs> anyway, Legally Blonde's my favourite movie, and I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nathan, and I play Flinbar the Halfling Bard. And my favourite movie at the moment is John Wick 3, because really? I really like yeah. the subway gun scene. Like, yeah. it was just so good. Good. I, I did really enjoy it. Oh my god, same. Yeah. He's had so much <laughs> All he I've wants any of the is his dog back, and he's never going to get his yeah, dog I back. I've only them. watched John Wick three. Yeah, yeah I, I never. I didn't cool. watch yeah. the first two. Just watch all of them, <laughs> one after the other. Bam, bam, bam. That's the way they're meant to be experienced. I imagine. Yeah. Oh, and watch Legally Bond in the middle and pretend it's like in the same universe. Like this dark <laughs> man with this theory. Just like a motorbike goes past in the background. You're like, <gasps> it's John. <laughs> it's John. The lines are slightly changed. So it's like, I'm here to defend my client whose dog was stolen. <laughs> I love John Wick 4, which is Al defending him in court. Yeah. Oh, as they just like go through all of the violence that he did. And somehow there's a gunfight in there. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point he's dressed up all in pink. I don't know. I oh. think that would be a good movie. Yeah, I'd yeah. like it. Do it too, I can tell. I absolutely. Keanu Reeves, if you're listening. 
make this happen. <laughs> yeah, hire us to be in the movie. The human artist. Thanks, 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 Keanu. My yeah, favorite thanks, movie <laughs> at the moment or all time. I'm not sure. I would have to be Mean Girls. Oh, I watch yeah. it and then I'm like, you know what? I'll watch Mean Girls again and I'll just watch it again. And I know that movie also line for line, yeah. like instantly. And I'm like, oh, we have mean good girls. taste in movies. We I think we do. No, we're really cool. Because I, I, I'll, I'll I watch you for Troopers with you. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. Yeah. When did Troopers yeah. come out? In like early yeah. 2000s. It took me a really long time. Sorry, it's really, really, really old. old movie. I was like, why did I take so long to for for me to watch this movie? It's so good. Don't bother watching the second one. It's it's horrible. It's a common theme. But yeah, no, I mean. I think that's why I like Trek 2 the most because it's the only sequel that I think is actually better than the original. I agree. Uh, I yeah, absolutely. Shrek 2 is, Shrek 2 is so good. <laughs> I agree. Okay, well, this isn't a favorite movie podcast. This is a D&D podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> how about we jump in and we continue with Main of the Ordinary? <laughs> you guys are in a room that is made of mimics. All the walls are like the swirling, inky, black ichor that you know is made of... Yeah, I stole, I stole Nate's word for ichor, I'm still using it. <laughs> um, that you all know is like made of like tons of mimics, all just like in their base form. In front of you, Idafer, was a big muscly sword man who pointed at you and seemed to be wanting to fight you. Behind that man, a portal opened, and out of the portal stepped the one and only super hot genius hero master spec oh my god <laughs> he said to you enough waiting Idafa Balsa I will not wait for you any longer I'm here to recruit you let's go and also if you want we can be boyfriends together oh <laughs> and Ida looks back at Frankie oh yeah I'm like, uh, <laughs> you have the bone structure of a model yeah I, I know and I'd love to have you by my side as we travel around the world and make the world a better place together and save everyone I so there's nothing between me and this portal eh? nope okay, oh well must suspect is oh, yeah, in between you and the portal yeah um so I just I just calmly walk up and I, I just like okay back in you go and I just push him oh back into God. the portal <laughs> <laughs> and return okay. to sender he's pretty strong and he's uh, he, you, like, you push at him and he's like what are you doing I'm like well you need to go back on your portal now alright so so that's a no well yeah we're kind of busy right now what could be more important than saving the world? Um, saving my friends. Yeah, us. Oh. <laughs> Your friends aren't like you, Idafa. I've I've had my eye on you for a long time. You're special. Okay, well I know that, but also we've got we've got some stuff we need to do right now. Like as you can see, we don't have our our necklaces, our amulets. I can teach you to do magic without them. You never needed them. Okay, well, I have actually been doing some of that. So, with the help of Karen. Thank you, Karen. I turn back. Karen waves. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, in honesty, we kind of need to finish these trials. So, we'll do this first. Um, I'll, I can catch up with you later for a coffee, if you like. This is now or never. Okay, well, I guess it's a never then. You're saying no? You're going to stay with them? Yes, I'm saying no to you, Master Speck. And I'm going to hang out with my friends and finish this situation we're in. We'll probably catch you around. And there's a chime. Big, loud, bong. And Master Specs like, like in a bit of a huff and he turns around and he like kind of like draws his cape around with him. And on the back of the cape, you can see the little squiggly smiley face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and he goes to walk towards the portal, but the portal's, portal's also a mimic. Um, <laughs> and so he kind of like, looks back at like the, the the mimic is smiling at you but like the master spec super beautiful elf man like looks back at you all forlorn and then he just kind of sloops into the portal and as the two mimics kind of merge and they sink into the sink into the floor together from around you you can hear a lot of whispering but you do hear the words Idafer Belser you Okay, Idafa. Yeah, I'm all good. Why? Well, I know that. I know that the Janice's life wasn't really for you, and I know that this kind, this whole thing, kind of happened unexpectedly. And 
I, I, do, I do think that you're special, and I do think that you're destined for great things. Oh, I know. Yeah, you tell us all the time. That's why I like hanging out with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> tell me every God. Idafer, you have passed your trial, a trial so. of royalty. Yay! Yay! The mimics begin to swirl, and you're kind of used to it now. They, co- they come in. And they swirl around you, and the four of you are kind of standing within just like a small square with the four of you. And then they come in quite close, and it takes them a lot longer. Like last time, you had an empty room with a guy in it, but this time, maybe for ten minutes, they they stand and they swirl around you. Frankie is anxious and nervous. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit claustrophobic in here, isn't it? Do you think Do you think the original owners of the amulets had to go through something similar? Maybe. Oh. Do I know that my amulet was six, don't I? Uh, yes, yeah. I, you tell me, though, like, has Frankie told you about six? Like, have you guys had time to talk about six and, like, where Frankie met him and what their adventure was like? You would know because Quisp told you yeah, the, that's the names what, yeah. of the people who own the amulets before you. So, yes, you would know that. Okay. Well, I know nothing about six, but I'm like, yo, six just kind of talking into the abyss just like uh, uh, uh thanks bruv <laughs> <laughs> just for reference I, I kissed my fingers and then like put them up to the sky you know like do you touch the mimic icker while you're doing that no i'm definitely going to not do that <laughs> <laughs> six was a stand-up guy he helped me out oh really wait tough, what tough guy at times when i was in the floaty place six was in the floaty place i thought we discuss this i mean you you were kind of shell-shocked yeah that's true we didn't really want to push the issue but if you feel ready to talk about it yeah yeah well i mean i met six i'm assuming that was his name we couldn't talk but we we shared a connection that goes beyond verbal communication what did six look like six was dragonborn yeah he he, he was bronze dragonborn he was beautiful that's amazing like the wisps light just made him glitter and i was in awe i am so glad that i got the cool one i think <laughs> i mean a better amulet for for frankie than the amulet of we a, all got yeah. cool ones actually considering how smart he is that's right and green really brings up my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and blue is my favorite color. <laughs> Frankie, in your in your vision, you actually saw everyone's predecessors. I actually know who everyone's predecessor is. Oh, really? Was mine handsome? Like me? You are probably the most handsome person I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> you wanting me to elaborate on who's who? Yeah, tell me about mine. So, from what you saw, when you saw Usaia Jet slay the god, the the wearer of the blue amulet was a Goliath, and the wearer of the green amulet was a female half-orc. Mimics begin to recede again. Oh. <gasps> the oh. space that you're in is a lot different to the last two. The, the floor is still made of marble, but there's big furniture in here. And Frankie, Romy, and a history check. Big furniture. Someone's lounge. Oh, that's an eighteen. Yeah. So you recognize the layout of this room. You can like the 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 tattery chair is is tattered in exactly the way that you remember from your childhood, and like the way that the you know the bookshelf only has a couple of books on it, and like the thing is, is that everything's a little bit bigger than you would expect and it kind of makes you feel like a child because of the size of everything you kind of it's all exactly as you remember it when you were a, when you were a little kid this is, oh. this is just like i remembered it remember is this your home frankie this is my home but everything's slightly bigger this was your home before you moved into the shack that you currently live in yeah i remember wow uh you know i'm like pointing out features oh that's the door frame where i'd measure my height and you know, that's over there where I bumped my head and I fell. As you point to the door frame and mention that you measured your height there, some little markings with like numbers on them a- ah, appear cool. on the door frame. Good mimic. <laughs> Everybody roll me a perception check. It is a 22 for Ida. Karen got an 8. Flynn 20. Frankie 6. Idafer and Flynn, you hear like a quiet sobbing, like muffled sobbing oh. coming from nearby. Frankie... Can you hear that? No. Hear what? There's like someone crying. 
I don't hear anyone crying. I'm going to point towards the sound. Yeah, like, I'm going to go towards it. That direction. I'm not. Don't go towards the world. Uh, it's coming from that direction. What's over there in your house? I defer. You go towards the sound and you see what looks like a child, maybe three or four years old, hiding underneath, like, you know, a little table that goes next to an armchair and, like, making themselves as small as possible and quietly crying. And I'm just like, hey, bud, are you okay? The child looks up and you recognize them kind of through their hairstyle uh, to be Frankie's oldest younger sister, uh, whose name is Amanda. Oldest younger sister. Frankie's got three younger sisters, so the oldest out of three of them. And you know that her name is Amanda, but when she looks up at you, she has like seven eyes and like a squiggly, oh. like a squiggly <laughs> little mouth. I'm just like, God, these fucking mummies. <laughs> They're trying. <laughs> but I'm going to play the part. I'm like, she Amanda, right? just looks at you and continues crying. Roll me an insight check. Okay. Oh, that's not ideal. Mm. That's four. <laughs> no, five. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't understand you. She just looks at you, but she doesn't respond. She just keeps crying. Okay, I'm going to call Frankie over and be like, Frankie, there is a um, mimic over here that looks like your sister, well, one of your sisters. I feel like you probably have to deal with this. But don't worry, Frankie. We'll we'll come with you. Oh, yeah. And Karen will, Karen will hold on to Frankie's hand if, if he wants to, oh, if he wants a yeah. hand to hold. Frank, Frankie would like a hand yeah. to hold. Flynn, do you also go? Um... I'm going to come in behind because I'm unsure about the situation. Okay. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Frankie, you get in close and you do, in fact, recognize Amanda. She's, you you, you know for a fact that she's five mm-hmm. when, when you lived here. Mm-hmm. And she's crying and she's making herself really small. And she looks up at you, Frankie, and she says in perfectly in Amanda's voice, he just got hung. Oh, Frankie looks down, you know, like he's on his like knees, so he's. Getting down to child height, don't learn that from the super nanny. <laughs> and I'm just going to play it that even though the mimic has seven eyes, I think if Frankie was looking at her, he would see her as he remembers in this particular memory. Yeah. So Frankie would just like grab her gently and be like, his words might hurt you now, but just know you are so much stronger than you think you are we'll get through it and i promise i'll make it all better oh and from behind you there is a like a crash like a really loud crash of a door being like swung open and and hitting the wall behind it and from like stepping out of the icker wall and into the space there is an enormous you like twice as three times as tall as you big multi-mimic creature whose head like you can't even see the head because it goes into the ceiling but it's kind of like shoulders down it's holding like a, the secretary a t- from yeah. Powerpuff Girls <laughs> yes <laughs> it's, Not as hot. Uh, you can see it from the shoulders down you know the green shirt you know the you know the like the the bad pants yeah. and the the bad mm. smell mm. and you can see the bottle of liqueur in one hand and what looks like an infant baby in the other hand and it crashes into the room and it says where's my fucking dinner oh my karen is immediately in front yeah. <laughs> in front of everybody with her fists up as soon as karen moves to do that i'm like Karen, this is for Frankie to deal with. And uh, then I turn to Frankie, I'm like, Frankie, we got you. Oh, 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 oh. Frankie, we'll always be here for you. And I'm sorry we weren't here for you back then. This is like someone's diary. This is just rude. <laughs> I'm just like, what yeah. is going on? This is family drama. Yeah. And Karen's like, I'm going to fight your dad. I'm going to fight your dad for you, Frankie. <laughs> Frankie just like sort of makes fists as he slowly stands up. He doesn't acknowledge what everyone else is saying, but he like staunchly walks over to his dad and tries to snatch the baby out of his arms. And he's, he's quite a bit taller than you, so you would have to stand on your tippy I'm toes. Do whatever I needed to, to do. Take the baby. I'm going to try that. Okay, what role would you like to roll? 
to take a to take the baby from this man. Baby taking rule. Oh, you so you could do, for example, sleight of hand if you're trying to if you're trying to do it like quickly and yeah, maybe smoothly. You could do athletics if you want to just like wrench it away. Yeah, quickly and smoothly. Cause I'm- <laughs> no, animal not handling. animal handling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, Frankie's dad is a bit of an animal in like the most derogatory way possible, but we're we're dealing with a with a baby. I'm gonna go sleight of hand. Okay, roll me a sleight of hand shape. That is a 16. Okay, yeah, I think that's high enough. Frankie, you don't approach the mimic, giant mimic dad from the from the front. You sort of come in quietly, you go around the back of the chair and you come in from the side and you kind of like jump and sort of up onto a coffee table. And before the mimic dad can really understand what's happening, you've got your arms around the like bundle of blankets and you have it in your arms and you look down and it's literally a mimic pretending to be a bundle of blankets and where, the, where the baby's face would be you could see the little 16 eyes and the little weird squiggly smile and a couple of fangs that are sticking out and the mimic dad turns toward you and says what are you doing you don't get to tell me how to parent my children. Where's my dinner? Frankie takes a deep breath in. You say you're the parent. Well, you need to start acting like the parent. I'm tired of taking care of everyone, but I do because it's what I have to do. And you're going to treat me and you're going to treat my sisters with respect. You're not my dad. My dad died a long time ago. Frankie, roll me an intimidation Ooh, check. Kick his ass. That's a seven. Oh, the mimic dad is only infuriated by what you've just said and reaches down and takes the baby back from you and pushes you and you fall backwards off the coffee table. Flynn, you actually notice that on the other side of the room, so like behind where everyone's looking, a a small golden like archway opens up on the top of the archway. It says Frankie's room. And it just opens up it after. Ju- yeah, it just opened up after this exchange. And you hmm. also see a third child, Emily. You, you you guys have met Frankie's sisters before. You see Emily are off in another corner, hiding behind like a pile of laundry. Can we try and catch Frankie as he falls off the coffee table? He's probably a bit far away from you guys. Can I at least get to him and help him up? Yeah, you could go over there and help him up if you want to. Yeah. Um, but the giant mimic is kind of like coming down on him a little bit so roll me an athletic check to get over there before he gets grabbed it's a 19 to get to frankie yeah okay so you managed to get over there and you probably have enough time to do one thing before the big hand of mimic dad grabs him uh, karen is a mother yeah she's a good she's a good mom she certainly is she shields frankie with her body okay uh, so she's trying to push frankie away and get in the way of the hand and Frankie. Okay. You brace yourself for what you're sure is a giant hand about to grab you, Mm. but it never comes. And you turn and you can see that the mimic dad has just sort of frozen in place and you can hear that same like angry hissing that you could hear (laughs) when uh, you were trying to cross your circle in your own trial. Okay. She'll, She'll move towards Frankie and hold both his hands and help him up. And she says... This might be your trial, but we're all here, so don't lose faith. You can do this. And then she kind of holds, still holding one hand, but steps to the side to let Frankie see the mimic again. Frankie, roll me a history check. That's a 26. This really happened. This this is a memory of yours of a particularly bad night just after your mother died. Your dad still got both of his legs at this point. Mm -hmm. But you (coughs) remember that the first time that this happened you took your sisters and you put them in your room and you locked the door and your dad absolutely destroyed the house in response like he tore everything apart and that was the reason you actually got kicked out of this house because your dad in a rage destroyed the place while you and your siblings cowered and waited for the storm to be over friend's gonna be like frankie there's a Dual archway? That's golden. Shiny. Good. <laughs> Good? Flynn's <laughs> a little bit panicked about the situation. Flynn doesn't know how to handle other people's <laughs> yeah. family job like yeah. <laughs> Good. He has distant parents and overbearing parents. He doesn't know what to do about this. 
It's going to be different this time. Frankie's not going to hide anymore. Frankie is going to try and be brave and calm down his father by not using violence. What do you do? Knowing that, like, you know, I look around at, like, dramatically at all of my friends and my sisters, and then I, like, slowly get back up on my feet and dramatically I walk up to my dad and like well not put my hand on the shoulders because he's tall but you know when you put your like hand out be like I know losing mom is hard and it's not easy raising four kids in this economy I know I haven't been the easiest child to deal with and I'm sorry and I just want you to know that I do love you and I forgive you for everything oh oh roll me a persuasion check I think you have an advantage because yeah, that, was, was, gonna that say, was wicked with advantage. that was very good that's a 16 the mimic dad hands you the baby and then he just kind of sits on the floor and the like the bottle kind of falls and like rolls away and your dad at this point had kind of longer hair because he hadn't groomed himself for a little while yeah so he's the hair is kind of covering up the face mm. and you sort of look up at, and it looks up at you and you can see, obviously, it's a mimic face, mm-hmm. and but they've they've tried, like it's got your <laughs> dad's, tried. it's got your dad's mustache, yeah, and the like thirty one eyes mm. all dotted around, yeah, are all like crying. But it's, not, so it's not real, it's not real tears, but the, but they are shape shifting tears, and and your dad's voice says, "What are we gonna do? What am I supposed to do?" We're going to do the best we can. We're going to stick together as a family. I love you, Dad. And there's a chime. There's a big ringing, resonating bong. You realize you probably need to talk to your real dad yeah, at some point. Yeah, I got point, some issues, yeah. Because yeah, this didn't yeah, happen in, in this real did not time. Happen, no. And you watch as your dad just kind of melts into the floor. And the, the, the entrance to Frankie's room, like, also, like, melts away. And everything melts, like, down into the floor and into the walls. Mm-hmm. Except for the baby. And the two sisters kind of linger there for a little bit longer. And something in you says that these kids are what has made you who you are. Like, caring for them and being their big brother has been a huge part of what makes Frankie brave. And then the the mimics that are pretending to be your family also melt into the floor. You hear whispers coming from the wall and they say, Francis Reynolds, you are worthy. You're all kind of spread out a little bit more, but the walls begin to come in. And so oh. you guys like, oh, 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 yeah. kind of <laughs> move in. And they only stay this way for a moment uh, and then they retract again and you can just see a mimic that looks like Flint. Oh. Am I still there? <laughs> yeah, you are, you are still there. Oh. Flint's like, is that what I look like from the back? Yeah, I was like, my butt in that coat. <laughs> and all of you hear the whisper that Flynn heard on the first stairwell, the offer to like allow you all to fail in return for passing his own test. And you hear the offer that was made and you hear the response that Flynn gave, which was hmm. essentially refusing. Bullshit. <laughs> essentially. Essentially. Not word for word, but like the gist. <laughs> Another mimic comes in. It kind of replays the moment from Karen's test mm. where you were pulling on the rope and you were helping and you were contributing towards Karen's victory and then it melts away. And then... You see a mimic that looks like Idafer standing in front of a mimic that looks like Master Speck. And you can see the mimic that looks like Flynn stepping forwards and, and announcing the, the deception, the trick 
that was being played here. And then the Eye for Mimic, which is jawbones are like on point. (laughs) (laughs) And the Master Spec Mimic, also jawbones on point, right? (laughs) Really good butt on that one. Uh, Like shrink into the floor. And then you see the test that just passed. You see Frankie's test. And you see the mimic that looks like Flynn pointing out the the entranceway and assisting Frankie and making sure that he has all the knowledge that he needs. And then that too shrinks away. And then the mimic that looks like Flynn walks towards you, Flynn. And it says, Flynnvar Onagon, you are worthy. Oh. <laughs> I thought I was going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yours you was creepy. the hardest one. <laughs> you creepy. Well, yours was the hidden test. Yeah. Yours was the oh. test of integrity where you got offered a free pass and you didn't take it, <laughs> which is what an integrous person would mm. do. Yeah. Penny here. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Something that I've been doing for the last couple of years is directing a D&D live show called the Yes And Charity Stream, and I'm happy to tell you that we're going forward with it again in 2023. The show will take place on the last weekend of August and will feature 50 plus Kiwis playing D&D for 24 hours to raise money for charity. If you would like to be involved in our efforts to raise $20,000 for the Cancer Society this year, please keep an eye out on our social media pages in April. That's when recruiting will open. We're looking for players, DMs, mods, social media homies, and behind-the-scenes people. So whatever your talents are, you can pitch in. I'll carry on keeping you updated here in the mid-card, but if you want to be part of it, feel free to reach out through our JBPC social media pages, which are at JBPC Podcast on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Podcast. Thank you to our JBPC patrons for your support of the show. James Courtright, Samsara at Gamers ADHD, Waffles, Claire McDonald, Jules Bergeser, Violet, Shobna Lee, Alex Moore, Lyndon Hood, Jesse Wesson, Disturbed1NZ, Andrew Evans, Luna Chris, and William Evans. We recently hit our first Patreon goal of $100 per month, so thank you so much to you all for your support and helping us to make our show even better. If you would like to become a supporter of the terrible adventures of the Janison Breffitt's Parchment Company, go check out patreon.com slash jbpcpodcast. There's multiple tiers with lots of different rewards you can unlock, and I'm making more of an effort to post exclusive content over there. If you want to know how ChatGPT got our show extremely wrong, it's a good place to go check it out. Music credits. Thanks to Asher Falero for Boreal, South London Hi-Fi for Enchanted Forest Dub, Kevin McLeod for Dreams Become Real, Jellyfish in Space, and Cognitive Dissidence, and Jesse Gallagher for Spirit of Fire. Something cool that happened recently, uh, I was voted to join the committee for Kimu Fakato Aotearoa, and I'm really excited for the opportunity to help boost everyone's work in RPG gaming as a community. If you haven't already, check out the Kiwi RPG Discord for ways that we can all come together as a group and support each other's work. The ARC finale, Domain of the Ordinary Part 6, will be out on April 2nd. Finally time to finish up this exciting side quest in Titan Slumber. Alright, back to the show. All of the swirling walls that mimic Icar, all like... You see them all fade, like, you know, shloop upwards into the ceiling. And behind you, you can see the stairs that you first came down. And in front of you, you can see another set of stairs that leads down again. Roll me perception checks, everybody. 21 for Karen. Uh, 27 for Ida. 17 for Frankie. 10 for Flynn. No one really can understand what is being said here. But there are two words in common that, Idafer, you're able to sort of like pick out from the sort of cacophony of, of, of like dozens of voices all whispering at the same time. It feels like they're scared. Oh. And they keep saying, the broodmother, the broodmother, oh, the broodmother. And that fades away as they 
shrink up into the ceiling, leaving the four of you alone in the room. What? 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 Ifa, you look worried. Oh, they just keep saying brood mother. The thing that the judge was talking about? Yeah, like, we've probably got to kill something. That's okay. We don't have any weapons. We're not emotionally scarred at all. <laughs> we didn't have to just go through four extremely difficult heart-wrenching Traumatic, trials. Yeah. Traumatic. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I imagine that we've got... Well, okay, so here's the thing, right? We all pass our trial, apparently. It definitely sounds like it. So I can see us getting our amulets soon. And with the power of the amulets, I'm sure we can defeat whatever is in the way. But also... The power of friendship. Exactly. <laughs> These trials have shown us that we can do whatever we put our minds to. So I think we'll be fine. That's true. That's right. Yeah, we got this. That's fine. Good pep talk, Idafa. I feel better. Thanks. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> so should we go down then? The stairs? Oh, yeah. We should definitely go down. Okay. I'd like to take a moment to heal myself a little bit because I realized I haven't healed myself from that emotional trauma also but the physical butt injury I received sure so you oh want my to god cast that's what, right that was like a wicked butt yeah I'm, I'm gonna cast cure wounds I'm gonna slap the the salve on me can you roll me an arcana check yes it is 27 yeah, you, your healing goes through just fine. I heal myself for 12 HP. So I've got three inspiration slots left. Can I do two for two people? If you want to. They'll last for 10 minutes and I will let you know when they're up. But yeah, you can give out inspiration if you want to. As he's like getting his stuff ready to do to inspire us, I'm like, oh, uh, maybe we should wait just in case, right? Like, well, there, there's an expiry on this, right? Because you know the DM's just going to be like, cool, you go down the next set of stairs. The stairs take 10 minutes yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. As we all know, Penny would do something like that. No, I'm joking. No, she I wouldn't. Would, she would absolutely would not do something like that. Okay, all right, all right. Well, There'll be time, don't worry. Yeah, when you guys are ready... I'm going to tell you how cool you guys are. We've got this. I like how our bard is just like, I give people compliments to inspire them. <laughs> it's it's just cute. I like it. Works. And comedy. It works in real life. Bitch too. don't sing. Yeah. Oh. So, so we're heading down. Bitch don't sing. We're heading down the stairs. Yes. Who is first and who is last? I'll go first. Is it dark? It is dark. Yeah, okay, I'll um, go in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Karen will bring up the rear. Yeah. So we've, okay. again, we've got the two <laughs> yeah, we'll go in the people yeah. who can see in the dark at the front and the back. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about while you're on your way down the stairs? I'm just going to check in. My, is everyone okay? Because that was pretty traumatic. Yeah, I'm so sorry about your childhood, Frankie. <laughs> but you're a cool person, so you grew really well. Uh, thank you grew so very Congratulations well. for growing on your own. Thank you. I've, I've learned that I need to trust that you all know what you're doing more I don't know No, like, I, no, I, the, no tri- I do. the test made you do it but also it's kind of nice when you just do it no but I do though I, I, it's time I feel like it's time to cut the the apron strings as it were and I just you're all very good at what you do and I need to be able to trust you more and I think that's part of uh, this test was showing me that you're all way more capable than we that any of us were at the start of this adventure. I feel like you knew that, Karen, because you're always telling us that. But um, <laughs> you just like to take charge, and that's totally fine. But also, feel free to like let us do what we need to do if you need if you need a break. Of course, thank you. And don't be fearful that you're a micromanager because you're definitely not. <laughs> I've had one of those. <laughs> I, I did not do very well in sales. <laughs> sometimes I do kind of feel like a bit of a micromanager, but it's it's good. That's to, sort of your job. It's it's good to hear that I'm not. I want to use magical tinkering. Okay. So what I do, I would pick up. Well, usually I would pick up a stone because with when I do light, uh, again it's like a bomb. So I would just smear it on something, but now I just smear it on anything. Okay, so what do you smear it on? I'll smear it on my forehead. <laughs> okay, just Simba. like Simba. <laughs> so you've got to uh, imbue the bum with Electrum each time you do this. So just roll me an Arcana check first to see how successful you are with that. That's a 13. 
I mean, it's only a level one skill. You're just adding light to something. You're doing a cantrip, essentially. So yeah, it does take you a minute and you do almost fall down the stairs. Um, but luckily, Karen does catch you. Uh, and so after a few minutes of walking down these stairs, you are able to sort of mm-hmm. cast some light into the space yeah. for yourself and Flynn. Yeah. And you walk down the stairs, you know, talking about, you know, yourselves and what you've learned for a few minutes. Not long, maybe maybe six or seven minutes. Not ten. and you start to see light ahead of you the stairwell opens up into a large semicircular room where you're in the center of the curved side of it and the far side from you is a flat wall this is a very very interesting room there's a lot of stuff in here Um, roll me perception checks everybody and I want to basically the way we're going to do this is I want to know who rolls the highest who rolls the lowest I want to get okay Karen rolled a 21 Flynn rolled a 20 Frankie rolled a 14 Ida rolled a twelve. Okay, Ida, this is a big chamber. There are white crystals, like you know, you know what a crystal tower is. How they're like kind of hexagonal in shape. Uh, yep, yep, yep. And they're kind of like naturally occurring in the walls, and they're casting just enough light into the space that there's this like really nice, clear white light lighting the space. Frankie, you can see. At around the circular wall of the room, so two on each side, hanging from the ceiling, there are four enormous hollow metal cylinders. The fourth one on the far right is broken. It's cracked abruptly through near the top. And the missing piece is not below it. It's just gone. And you you take a look at these things and you realize these are probably the things that are causing that, that chime. That you were hearing because there's three good ones and one broken one. One broken one, yeah. Flinvar. In the center of the room, there's a like a like a semicircular raised sort of you know two stairs up and then like a semicircular platform. Yeah, a plinth. (laughs) And there are two things of note on that plinth. The first thing is uh, across the back towards the flat wall. There are five busts, and on the two left ones and the two right ones are your amulets just sitting there mm. waiting sitting to be claimed there. and just in front of them in the center of the area there is a plain white wooden door oh my gosh Yay, it's a door. The doors. we love the doors and Karen yeah on the wall the flat wall at the back of the room enormous like 40 feet high there is an enormous mural depicting an apple tree so you reach the bottom of the stairs and you're fairly sure this is the grotto so i'm gonna point out the amulets i'm gonna be like guys guys look yeah and i'm like now's the time for positive affirmation now is the time for (laughs) affirmation we got through this together guys our strength and our individuality and our teamwork meant that we're here and we've got our amulets back. And even though at the beginning when we went on that random first trip and we got them and we're like, oh no, these are attached to us and we didn't really want them. But now I want mine and I think that we deserve them and we're the best people to save these cities because we've gone on lots of trips and <laughs> I need new boots. But I think together and apart, we've got this. I agree. Especially yeah. think that Karen, Karen and Frankie have got this. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and oh. I don't, you don't need help with this. You've got this on your own. Oh, okay, well, that was kind of a nice way to... You know, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess. Thank you. So, Karen and Frankie, you have inspiration, which is a D8 for the next 10 minutes. Yep. Karen wants to... Immediately, she grabs a... She doesn't just have the amulet on. She has other jewellery. She immediately pulls an earring out and just kind of chucks it into the middle of the room. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> okay. I was going um, to do a similar thing. Roll me a perception check. You just throw it onto the, like, the, the pit, the... Yeah. Okay. That's a 14. Yeah, as far as you can tell, nothing happened. Okay. There's no response. There's no, like traps or anything 
it, it makes like a little clattery noise. You can hear it mm. nice and clear as you would expect mm. with an earring landing on stone, but no, nothing else happens. Otto would like to go full like Pink Panther um, <laughs> and sneak towards the amulet. Dun, dun, dun. The amulets are at the back of the plinth and between you and them is the is the white door. Oh, yeah, but we can walk around the white door, Of right? course you can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take a pretty direct route like through the middle. So yeah, you make your way over there and just sitting on and they're just like busts you know with like no arms and yeah. no you know just cuts off at the neck you can see your amulets there roll me a perception check that is a 23 <laughs> as you get closer you can feel like a warmth inside you that you and something that you didn't even realize was missing oh. is close <clears throat> and you walk up to the the pedestal that has the purple one on it and you realize that it doesn't have the same shape that it did when you first saw it. It's just round, whereas before it was like a crystal shape. And as you approach, it breaks its shape and part of it kind of liquid-like sort of reaches out towards you. Like a mimic liquid or? Exactly like the mimics. Romy and Arcana check. Were our necklaces mimics all along? That would be hilarious. <laughs> 10. This feels different, but you're not sure how. I'm going to pick it up. As soon as you touch it, it kind of turns to liquid and it like makes its way up your arm and to the center of your chest and the necklace part of it like wraps around your neck and it settles into its familiar crystal shape and you feel whole. Oh, I'm Venom. <laughs> in a way, it gives me real venom vibes. In a way, we are all venom. We are all venom. We are all venom. But I'm the coolest one. This is definitely your amulet, fantastic as it has always been, but it has never revealed its true nature to you before now. Oh, oh so they've friend. always been. That's so weird. They've always been our little mimicky friends. Yeah, that's kind of adorable. And you can remember, like way back when you got your like signature weapons, you remember hearing like a gurgle or like a like a burp or something. <laughs> And you kind of put it together that like, oh, oh. Yeah, like these things have always we just have been this. They little... just haven't shown themselves to us before. Of course, first off, the first thing I'm going to do is try and pull out comments back up and just make sure that's still working. <laughs> <laughs> it is completely successful. You you draw your sword and while you hold it, you realize that like this is something like this isn't like a hologram or like a hard light thing it's very likely that what is happening is your amulet is creating this out of its own like body out of its own self i put my comments back up and i'm like i look down at the amulet thing so this is what you've been this whole time yeah oh oh i'm gonna like put my hands over my like kind of cut like hold myself i'm just like oh i missed you <laughs> flynn's like i i do are you are you good oh yeah you guys should come grab your amulets oh oh it's safe yeah seems to be oh thank you idafa and i'll i'll yeah, um <laughs> karen karen will trot over picking up her, her earring on the way the same thing happens to each of you as you approach your your amulets they they start off as like flat and circular but as you get close they're their form reaches out towards you in the same way that you like the mimics did. Um, although these ones don't have the like squiggly <laughs> face that the other ones couldn't seem to hide. They don't have any faces. They reach out towards you, and when you touch them, they like slurp their way up your arms and settle around your necks. And the the like uh, strap part of them goes you know around behind your necks, and they settle in. And each of you feels that something that had been missing from inside of you, something that was a part of who you were, has now returned to you. This is nice. And you each now have full access to your weapons and your spells and your abilities and everything again. I'm sure that that's going to be all good and we're not going to have to fight anything very scary immediately. I look up at the ceiling. I look at the amount of time we have left on this episode and I'm like, nah, yeah, there's definitely a battle. <laughs> <laughs> the ceiling, this is like a big, tall cavern. Mm. Kind of like a well and you're at the bottom of it. You don't really see anything in the ceiling, but you do take note a little bit of the detail of the painting. I'll kind of step off the plinth and walk over to the big mural of the apple tree and say, 
This feels familiar somehow. And I'll just go up close to it and inspect it. Okay, roll me an insight check. 19. It's enormous and you're quite small, but you can make out enough. The painting depicts an apple tree, lush and green and rich with fruit. The tree itself is like really healthy and it's drawn in a way that is quite reverent to its form. Some of the fruit has fallen to the ground and on the ground, ants and insects are enjoying the feast. Some ants are harvesting the seeds of one of the apples, fallen and split perfectly in two. Those and others are then making their way back up the tree with the seeds. And when they reach the top, they're tending to the tree, caring for it, helping to make new buds grow so that more apples can fall and feed the insects below. Hmm. It's a metaphor. I feel like I'm not quite understanding the metaphor though. I've never been very good at fine art. You know, I I went to university, I did a couple of uh, those courses, you know, like a philosophy paper. Yeah, you know, night night school while the while the kids were growing up. While the children. Flinva, roll me an intelligence check. Fourteen. You can't quite put together too much more than this, but you remember that when you asked Poet what the deal with your amulets were, he showed you a picture of an apple tree. Oh. Yeah, hey, hang on. And he's like what? This this is you know, the weirdo sorry, the person poet, he showed yeah. me and was talking about this when he was talking about the amulets. I don't uh, really? it's all connected. Huh. Frankie and Idafa, both of you roll me insight checks. That's a twenty one for Ida. Fifteen for Frankie. Idafa, there's one detail that like when Karen's talking about this painting that she didn't quite notice that you do notice. Mm. And that's the seeds that are carried back up the apple tree are different colors and the seeds that stay like on the ground and you know just grow new trees on the like much smaller plants on the ground stay the regular like black brown color there's one thing that you pick up that that karen didn't so the ones that are being lifted up are colored yes okay are they the colors of high millets perhaps many colors all all colors of the rainbow yeah you can pick out a blue one you can pick out a red one but there are The ants, the magic system in this world. <laughs> These seeds that are being carried up the tree are all different colors. I point that out. I'm like, huh, I wonder if this has anything to do with the colors of our amulets. And also, if that is the case, I wonder if there are more amulets out there. Not just five. Mm. Frankie, didn't you have a dream about a bluebird and an apple tree? Church of Dalton? Y- yeah, yes. I, I, I remember you telling us about it. That's, it all seems to come back to apple trees. I do remember the bird, yes. Is there any, are there any birds in the mural of the apple tree? No, you don't. Like, it's, it's all insects. Mm. Uh. While those guys are looking at it, I'm going to open the white door. Roll me a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 21. You reach out and you touch the handle of the white door and it immediately grows teeth. Uh, and tries to snap down on you. I'm going to give it a little bonk on the nose, be like, hey! (laughs) But this is no ordinary mimic. This one is a different color. Its teeth are much, much bigger. Uh, And, like, its eyes are much, like, angrier. You you manage to pull your hand away as the teeth snap down on you. It's like the kind of mimic you would fight, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Roll for initiative. Probably should have used the compass on that first. The compass that I still have that we never use. Probably, but you didn't. We never do. I'm four. Karen got a 15. Frankie got a seven. Flynn got 17. So, by the way, everybody except Idafa is about 20 feet away. So, Idafa and the broodmother mimic are in the center. And everybody else is about 20 feet away, like around the back of the plinth. It's probably going to take you maybe 30 to 40 feet of movement to get into melee distance, unless you want to climb over the sort of like back part that the, the bus are the plinth. Yeah. The broodmother mimic is bearing down on Idafa and is, it's quite a bit, like it's got a lot more mass and it's, it's like gray white colored where all the other ones were like inky black and it is bearing down on Idafa. Flynnvar, you're up first. What do you do? Flynn's going to try and cast fear on it. Okay. What do I need to roll as a saving throw? It must succeed a wisdom saving throw. Okay. It got a 10, but it's going to use a legendary resistance uh, to automatically pass. 
so we haven't done this. We haven't got there yeah, before, like, but you guys are getting to be high level now. Some now creatures, some creatures have legendary resistances, and oh. which they can use to automatically pass saves, but they do have a limited amount of them. So that's your action. Do you have any bonus actions that you'd like to make? Oh, I need to summon my sword. Yep, sure. Okay, I'll try the laughing my blade. blade. Or you, okay, so you summon your laughing blade. I haven't used that enough. <laughs> do, yep. you, uh, do you use any movement? Yes, I will. I will climb to the top of the plinth. Okay, roll me an acrobatic check. 22. Yeah, you successfully sort of climb up the back wall of the plinth. You're standing on like a short wall behind where the busts are. You are probably now 15 feet away from melee range with the mimic. Okay. Next up is Karen. Karen would like to use her bonus action to rage. Of course she would. My bonus action, rage, gives me 17 feet of movement. Okay. So Karen sprints. She's not even she's she's not going to leap the plinth. Okay. Because she's got more than enough speed to get there. Okay. She sprints seventeen feet. She uses her movement to move a th- further thirty-five feet. That gives me fifty-two feet of movement. You only need forty to get to exactly. uh, within. Um, you only need forty feet to get within melee range. Exactly. But while I'm running, I use my free action to summon the temperate great axe. Okay. And I'm going to attack the. Which side? Which side was Idafer on? So, am I am I attacking the the mimic's back or am I attacking its front? One of the sides of the door was facing towards the stairs, and one of the sides of the door was facing towards the uh, busts. Which side did you try to open it from? I tried to open it from the side of the stairs. Okay, so I think either way you'd be coming at it from the side. I'm going to attack with a big downward slash with the temperate great axe adding 1d6 of coal it's a bonus action to add elemental damage and you're, you're right your bonus it action. is so i'm not going to do that but i've already got the temperate great axe up so i will roll to hit oh oof oof that is a that's a 10 to hit uh that that does not hit no it sure doesn't it surely doesn't so what happens is you come at it from the side thinking, oh cool, I'm flanking, I'm going to be able to hit it easily. And you swing your axe and the liquid just like parts itself around where your axe would be. Mm. Uh, and you can kind of see that this thing's got like little white eyes just all over it. And maybe it can actually see in every direction. Hmm. Yeah, probably. Okay, well I'm going to try and attack again. Yep. Still not very good. 13. 13 is a hit. Yes. Go ahead and roll me damage. 12. It has resistance to slashing damage, mm. so it's going to take six damage from you. Your axe gets stuck in the like gloopy body of the broodmother mimic. I thought it would, but that's my turn. I'm still holding onto my axe. I'm not. Uh, I'm not letting go of it. Yep. Yep. Next up is the broodmother. It is going to the mouth that is facing Idafer is going to like disappear into it, and it is going to appear right in front of you, Karen. It's going to take a bite at you, which it has advantage on because mm. I'm right there because your weapon is embedded in its body. Does a sixteen hit you? Sure does. Wicked. Oof. Karen, that is yep. going to be eleven slashing damage mm-hmm. for acid damage. Oof. Oh, I, I do I do gain uh, I do have resistance to the slashing though. Okay, but so you're not using the bear at the moment? No, I'm not using the bear. Okay. Um, so that is instead what? Five damage? Yeah. Five yeah, slashing. So, so five, yeah. five slashing damage and four acid damage. And you are your axe is still stuck uh, in its body, and then it is going to you do a bite attack against Idafa. I can use my reaction to attack an an adjacent creature that attacks someone else. So if, if it hits, I'm going to attack. Okay, cool. That's fine. What ability is that? Sentinel. Idafa, you are not currently stuck in its body, so it does not have advantage against you. Nice. It does. And it's 48 damage. Does it? Does a natural twenty hit? Yeah, yeah. Woo! Does it? Roll your, go ahead and roll your double damage. I was gonna say I'm also gonna use hellish rebuke as my reaction. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. So you're gonna take ten slashing damage and five acid damage, and so both of you can roll your reaction damages. Holy shit! I rolled an eleven and a twelve. And I'll say with the natural twenty, how this attack works is you actually like. Uh, continue swinging your axe from being stuck in its body to being out of its body yeah uh, because you're on a natural 20 your axe is no longer embedded and the damage that you do is the result of like kind of f- finishing the cut through it Woo! so that was did you say 21 damage that is 32 damage but obviously halved because slashing so 16 as well idafa what's your damage 15 fire damage cool but they have to make a dexterity saving throw Ooh, not great. 
That's only eight. From yeah, all good. So they take the, the full damage. The body of it, like where your fire, like kind of streaks through it. Oh, okay. So it's weak to fire. Roll me, uh, roll me an attack check. Burn, Disco Inferno. All right, nineteen. It does seem like maybe it does not like being hit by fire. Okay, Flynn uh, like smiles. Actually, like some of its mess actually disappears where it's hit by the fire, oh. kind of like candy floss and water. Next up is going to be Frankie. Well, now I'm just going to change the spell I was going to use. <laughs> Hell yeah. I would like to first move so that I'm more in range. Okay, you're currently, there's a small stone wall in between you and it. But if you went around it, you would probably actually be, f- you'd probably actually be about the same 20 feet away from it. But if you oh, went okay. around the wall. okay. There's just an obstacle in the way. If I, if I had a map drawer, or if we had like the map thing open right now, it'd be easy. But there's like a semicircle small wall that you could climb over and be 10 feet, 10, 15 feet from it. Or you can go around and still be 20 feet from it. You know, I want to climb up up it. Cool. Roll me an acrobatics check. And don't stand on your scarf this time. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a 13. Yeah, that's enough to climb over a, a small stone wall. I think you're fine. You're standing next to Flint. Okay. And then I would like to cast Can't Trip Firebolt. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Go ahead and roll. Is it an attack or a spell attack? A spell attack. 19 to hit. 19 hits. That's 16 fire damage. 16 fire damage. Takes that damage. Oof. Is there anything else you want to do with your turn? Frankie would just like to stand up and just be like, Come on! That'll cry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love it. cry. At the end of your turn, it is going to use a legendary action. It is going to spawn. So next to Idafa, under Idafa and Karen's feet, it spawns two smaller mimics. They are both white, not black like the other mimics. They have no form, but they're basically like a, a sticky puddle uh, underneath both of your feet. You will require a strength check. A sticky white puddle, huh? <laughs> gray, sticky gray puddle. A sticky gray... No, that's worse. Uh. There's a sticky puddle underneath your feet. Uh, you will require strength checks to get away. Uh, and they will take... Th- they both get their own turns, and they will take those turns after the brood mother. Okay. Frankie's had his turn. Idafa, you're up. Do I need to make a strength check first? If you want to move. Yeah, my plan was to use a bonus action to dash back. Cool. So to break a grapple is either an athletics or an acrobatics check. Your choice. The DC is 15. Cool. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, you managed to do like a sweet... like cartwheel flip out and like wrench your feet out of it there is so the the thing is still there but now you're free to move wicked all right so my plan was to use a bonus action to dash back it's gonna if you do that it is going to use uh, it's going to use its reaction to take an attack of opportunity against you okay yep i'm cool with that that's 13 plus 5 yes that would hit that is eight piercing damage and six acid damage so 14 in total so I'm going to use my I forget what it's called but it's the thing where I can use my reaction to take half damage evasion so that gives you that brings you down to half damage yes cool so that is three acid damage and four piercing damage nice. so a total of seven cool. how far away from it are you going to move so, so Dash you can do double your movement eh? okay well I'm not going to do double but I'm going to move back wait how big is this room it has a 50 foot radius so it's 100 feet all the way across okay sweet so I'm going to jump back I'm going to jump back 45 feet. Okay. That is cool. Yeah, so you are now you going towards the stairs or towards like one of the walls? Towards gonna, the stairs. Okay, towards the stairs. And then I will use my free action to pull out a short bow. Yeah, okay, cool. That is fine. Next up is top. Oh, I, actually now it is a time for a lair action. Ooh. So what's going to happen is one of the chimes is going to go off. Ooh, uh, so you hear that loud bong. And what that is going to mean is that anything that requires you guys to use sound is going to have like a roll, like a bad roll against you guys to okay, communicate so you with each like other. Okay, so if you had to speak a spell or something. Sound is essentially at disadvantage at the moment because the room is reverberating with this big, loud chime noise that is going My off. mockery! Yeah, so any, anything with a somatic component. Uh, or, are you guys to, or are you guys trying to communicate with each other through yeah. talking. Flynn, you're up. Well, he doesn't know, but he, he's... He'll still try the vicious mockery. So I need you to roll an arcana check to overcome the chime. 15? 15 is enough. Yeah, okay. that's fine. I was like, a 10. DC is only 13. Okay, cool. So Flynn's going to, he's going to use the laughing blade and do like a, I don't know how it works. Yep. And like point, oh, swish around his head and then point it at 
this thing and say, if I wanted to be an, around an overbearing mother with an identity crisis, I would have stayed at home. <laughs> because this is a saving throw and you're using the laughing blade, there is a penalty of your charisma to its saving throw. So what is your charisma bonus? I've got plus four for charisma. Cool, so I'm going to roll a wisdom saving throw and I'm going to have a minus four. Uh, that is only a two, so that is successful. And also plus four to the damage, so go ahead and roll me. You are you are fifth level, so roll me 2d4 plus four. Three damage plus four. So seven so damage. Seven damage, yep. The, you like basically do a, a big cool blast of psychic energy and it's boosted by the laughter of your laughing blade. Uh, so you <laughs> tell this joke and your laughing blade like reacts like a good audience and you blast it with psychic damage. As a bonus action, can I try and over come this down the room and say, if you guys spread out, I can use fireball, but I don't want to roast you guys. Okay, roll me an arcana check to see if you can get past the sound of the chime. A ten. No, unfortunately, the, the party does not hear you telling them to spread out. Karen, you're up. Okay, I will use my action to try and break the grapple. Go ahead. That is a... It's it's just a straight-up strength check? Yes. Oh, uh, it's, an, it's an athletics check. Oh, it's an athletics check. Even better. That's a... 25 35 35 that definitely beats the uh, grapple dc of 13 so yeah you are now out of the gross puddle nice which we will not make any allusions to <laughs> am i still within melee range if you move to the side yes if you move to the back no oh well i'm just gonna move back now i'm okay. just gonna get out of it, it it'll make an attack of opportunity it's already but... done that against idafa so it doesn't oh. have a reaction right now thanks thanks idafa yeah karen's just gonna step all the way back um, okay. She's going to step 20 feet back from the from the beastie. Yeah, it is the broodmother's turn. It is going to reabsorb. So it's going to move over the puddles and reabsorb them and heal itself for 10 healing. And then it's going to head over towards you, Karen, and it's going to use its action to engulf you. Oh, God. So it is big, gross thing of like living liquid. It's going to move 20 feet towards you. And rather than attack you, it's just going to move over your space. Basically, the broodmother charges towards you and you're bracing yourself for an attack. But it just sort of moves on top of you. Gloop. And now you are glooped inside of it. You realize that you can't see and you can't breathe and you're entirely engulfed uh, within this broodmother goop. Thank you for listening to the show. What a good boy. He's going to do great.